this movie like a billion times this week. I, just, I want to move to Africa. Is anybody coming with me? All right. <laughs> you guys are joining at the movie so far, everybody. Come on. Uh, I think the Bible says um, uh, all things old shall be made new. I think Disney is kind of going with with that verse with Aladdin. And I just can't name them all. It's just like all of them. But uh, I don't know if you noticed as well um, off screen. Uh, did y'all, if you look closely, you could see uh, an elephant being mauled by a Bengal tiger. Did any, or a crimson elephant being mauled by a, a Bayou Bengal tiger. No, that, that was on our screens yesterday, wasn't it? Oh man, I'm, man, it's, it's good to win, isn't it? Come on. There's, <laughs> but, uh, I, I love, I love this movie. I love that song, The Circle of Life. And, uh, you're, you're welcome because it's going to be stuck in your head the rest of the day. Um, if it's not already. Um, but one of the things I, I, I love about it is when I was a kid, I, I, you know, you'd sing the song, you know, the words a lot, because I didn't really know what it was talking about. And as I was watching the movie, uh, I think for the 780,000th time this uh, week, um, I, I kind of noticed that the, the, the theme of what that song means uh, is really about how each and every one of us has our place. Each and every single one of us has our purpose in this life and and that purpose and that place that we have that plan really that's laid out for us from the time that we're born it affects everybody it, it has it has an effect on every single person and really it's something that uh the bible said a few thousand years before disney did and um it really the bible talks about how in our own lives we're all created for a purpose we're all created on purpose for a purpose and what we're created to do is to live out that purpose uh, and those plans that God has laid out for us. And uh, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, God says this to his people, and I believe he's saying it to all of us in here this morning as well. He says, I know the plans that I have for you, the purpose that I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and to give you a future. Now, every single one of us in here, if you are breathing, uh, if you're breathing air in your lungs this morning, you have got a purpose and a plan and a place in this world. And that purpose is to make a difference in the lives of someone else around you. Now, as we go into this next clip, it's when Simba's a little bit older and his father, the king Mufasa, is really expanding uh, what it means to his son, what his purpose in life truly is. Dad? I'm not supposed to go up here. Look, Simba. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. You rule all of that? Yes. 
But a king's time as ruler rises and falls like the sun. One day, Simba, the sun will set on my time here and will rise with you as the new king. All of this will belong to me? It belongs to no one, but will be yours to protect. A great responsibility. Everything the light touches, those trees, in the watering hole, in that mountain, and beyond those shadows? You must not go there, Simba. But I thought a king could do whatever he wants. Take any territory. While others search for what they can take, a true king searches for what he can give. Everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. As king, you need to understand that balance and respect all the creatures, from the crawling ant to the leaping antelope. But Dad, don't we eat the antelope? Yes, Simba, but let me explain. When we die, our bodies become the grass, and the antelope eat the grass. And so we are all connected in the great circle of life. Sire! Morning, Zazu. Do you have the morning report? Yes, sire. <clears throat> uh, ten flamingos are taking a stand. Uh, two giraffe were caught necking. The buzz from the bees is that the fun. Spot. The birds are tweeting at four in the morning. I'm like birds. We get it. Stay low to the ground. I got this. Check the, the wind. Birds are picking the on shadows. The I told them to forget it. Of and wait for the perfect uh, moment of pounce. And now the baboons are going ape. Of course, as I say, cheetahs never prosper. That's what I say. I'll say it again. Cheetahs never... Come <laughs> on! It's the new... Some of y'all wish you could do that to the news, don't you? Come on. <laughs> as, uh, as Mufasa teaches Sim about his purpose and his destiny, he says a line that I really want us to key in on this morning. He says, while others search for what they can take, a true king searches for what he can give. Somebody in here make some noise this morning if the King of Kings has ever given you something. Come on. Yeah. This echoes something that God shows us in his word. And I believe deep down it's something that every single one of us knows within us. And that is that a true king, a true leader is really looking for what he can give, what he gives to his people. They know the impact that they can have on the people around them by giving. Right now, if you try and think of... Uh, three people in your life who have made a positive impact in your life. Every single one of them gave something to you in some way. Human beings, it's, it's how we show love is by giving. Now, it, it comes in different forms, different fashions, but that is truly the way that we show love is by giving. Embracing our place and our purpose in someone else's life and seeing how it affects them. In fact, it's actually, that's the story of the entire Bible that God loves us and the way he showed us this love was by giving everything for us. You, you may have heard in John three sixteen it says that, uh, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. He gave everything. Romans 5, 8 says it this way. It says, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ gave everything 
for us to show us his love. Now, why do we need God to die for us? Why did we need that sacrifice? Because at some point in all of our lives, we've fallen, we've failed, and we've given into the enemy's temptation. If you wish to kill something, you might want to stay downwind. I know how to hunt Uncle Scar. Well, let's hope we're never attacked by a beetle. Go back to your den, Simba. I don't babysit. Babysit? I'm going to be the king of Pride Rock. My dad showed me the whole kingdom, said I'm going to rule it all. Is that so? Think about it. When I'm king, I'll have to give you orders. Tell you what to do. How weird is that? You've no idea. So your dad showed you the whole kingdom? Did he show you the shadows beyond the northern borders? No. He said I can't go there. Ever. And he's absolutely right. An elephant graveyard is no place for a young prince. An elephant graveyard? Whoa. Oh, dear, I've said too much. Well, I suppose you'd have found out sooner or later, you being king and all. You've been there? We've all been there. And it's no place for a cub. All those rotting bones and burning pools of oozing mud. Rotting bones? Oozing mud? Promise me you'll stay away, Simba. Now you run along. And remember, it's our little secret, Your Majesty. Now Simba does eventually give in to Scar's prodding temptation to go where his father has commanded him not to go. And the enemy of our souls knows just what will get to us, doesn't he? For a little boy would be tempted by rotting bones and oozing mud. I don't know if that would really get me, but uh, for a little boy, I think it just might. And the reality is the devil knows all too well what will tempt each and every one of us. And just like the, the main character, in so many cases, uh, we as well, we fall and we fail and we give in. And when we fall... I think the temptation for us then after we fall is to really believe something that's really propagated by the world so many times. That's to believe that the church and that Christians are this group of you know, holier-than-thou, judgmental people who are just, they believe they're pure and perfect and everyone else is a sinner. I can't speak for every church, but I know in this church, we go by what the Bible says and the Bible says something completely different. And that's my Bible says in Romans 3.23 that we have all sinned and we've all fallen short of God's glory. The reality is, is that there's there's not too much difference between the pastor that's on the stage and the sinner that's you know sitting out in the seats or out in the world, not even in church this morning, is that we're we're all sinners, is what the Bible says. We've all fallen, we've all fallen short. And so many times when we fall, the devil likes to say to us, just like Scar says, 
Now remember, it's our little secret. He wants you to keep it in. He wants you to, to not tell a soul about it. And so many times we're, we're, we're paralyzed by shame. We're paralyzed by fear. And if Simba had told somebody about the conversation that he had with his uncle, if he had brought it to his father, he probably had a much different outcome than what happens in the movie. <clears throat> where he's attacked by hyenas and his father eventually has to come and rescue him for going where he should not have gone. The Bible says that when we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive us. When, when we have that temptation and we give in, so many times, the, like the, that, at the very beginning in Genesis, when they sinned, they hid from God. Their direction was away from God. But the Bible says if our direction is towards God with our sin, he's faithful to forgive us. When we confess our sins to God, there's forgiveness and the Bible also outlines that when we confess our sins to each other, there's freedom. There's freedom in that. That's why we as a church, we do small groups. It's a place to be real, to take the mask off, to, to let somebody know the struggles and the, the failings that we all have, to be real with somebody. And when you share that, to have that moment with somebody to say, I've gone through that as well. And they could pray with you and walk through that valley with you. And like I said, Simba, he falls and he fails. He goes into the place that his father told him not to. His father has to come in and rescue him. And still, after all that, he doesn't realize yet that his uncle is an enemy. He doesn't realize that the, there's an enemy and that he's real and that he's there. And so what happens next is his evil uncle has now led him to a valley, to a stampede, where the enemy is going to attempt to kill both father and son at once and take the throne. Mufasa, quick! Stampede in the gorge! Simba's down there! Simba? I'll find him!
Timber, what have you done? <laughs> it was a stampede. He tries to save me. It was an accident. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to... Of course you didn't. No one ever means for these things to happen. But the king is dead. And if it weren't for you, he'd still be alive. Your father had such hopes for you. Gave you so many chances. And this is how you repay him. I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, what will your mother think? A son who causes his father's death. A boy who kills a king. What am I going to do? Run. Run away, Simba. Run away. And never return. I believe there's Kleenexes at the end of the room, if anybody. I had to include the saddest scene, I think, in Disney history. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> but like... Like we said earlier, God shows us his love for us that he would die and lay down his life for us. And one thing I noticed this week as I was watching uh, the movie is that this moment when Simba runs away, he is the king. Because when his father laid down his life, when his father died, Simba became the king. Simba could have stepped into his purpose, could have stepped into his destiny. He was the king at that moment, but he allowed the sin and the shame and the accusations of the enemy to drive him away from his purpose. And so many times in our life, we do the same thing. Revelation twelve ten says that the enemy of our souls, the devil, stands before God and it says he accuses us day and night. That without ceasing, the devil just wants to identify us by our sin and by our failure and by our shame. Sometimes just like Simba, that sin, the, the reminder of the things that we've done, the, the weight of the sin and the failures that we have in our life, it causes us to run away from the plans and the purposes that God has for us in our life. Now Simba runs away, and, and when he runs away, uh, he's found by an unlikely duo, a warthog and a meerkat, uh, who, instead of embracing the plans and purposes for their life, instead of embracing the circle of life, they forsake all their responsibilities, and they live just for themselves to find pleasure instead of purpose. And in this next clip, they expand a little bit on their philosophy. Uh, you see, in nature, there's a delicate balance. Oh, yeah, the circle of life. I know that. No, uh, no, 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 no. I don't know where you're getting circled. No, yeah, there's no, no circle of no life. It's no circle. No, not at all. In fact, it's the opposite. Yeah. It's a line. Yeah. It's a meaningless line of indifference. And we're all just running towards the end of the line, and then one day we'll reach the end, and that'll be it. That's it. Line over. Nothing. Nada. And you can really just kind of do your own thing and fend for yourself because your line doesn't affect anyone else's lines. You're alive and then you're not. Like this guy. Hmm. You sure it's not a circle? That we're all connected? A circle would mean we're all this. 
That would mean what I do affects him, affects yeah. that thing, no. affects that thing. That's not which how it would goes. make doing whatever we wanted not that cool. Let me simplify this for you. Life is meaningless. Yes. That's why you just got to look out for yourself. That's why you do you, Simba. Yeah, Simba, for the first time, we're entrusting you to make a plan for us today. This is important. Think about all you've been taught. What do you want to do? Absolutely nothing. Exactly. He gets it. Yes. Out of my way! Out of my way! Alright! Time to eat! Now, most people in the world, their definition of freedom would be pretty similar to Timon and Pumbaa there. Their definition of freedom would be to throw off restraint, to throw off rules, to throw off boundaries, to throw off responsibilities. And really adopt the philosophy, I'm going to do what makes me feel good and just forget everybody else. If, if life is meaningless, it makes that a whole lot easier. If, if all that there is is the here and now, then I better make the here and now feel as good as humanly possible. Now my question is, is if anybody has ever lived according to that way, my question is, how exactly did that work out for you? <laughs> I think every single one of us in here uh, has at least at some point in our life maybe tried the idea or gone that way, whether it's on accident or on purpose. And at the end of the day, we know that living literally just for, for pleasure and living just for, to make yourself feel good and forgetting about everybody else, forgetting about God's standards and forgetting about the, the, the standards that he set in place and that he outlines. At the end of the day, instead of filling some need, you may have felt pleasure for a moment, but in the end, it just, it leaves you feel just as hungry, if not more, just as dry, if not more. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 17, it says, Stolen bread tastes sweet on the lips, but it turns to gravel in the mouth. Saying that when we are just seeking pleasure, forgetting about how it affects other people, forgetting God's standards, when we're just seeking to fill ourselves and forget about God's standard, forget about other people, it doesn't fill us. It doesn't fill the desire that we have in our hearts. In the end, it leaves us just as hungry just as hurting as we were before. On the flip side of that coin, the Bible tells us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where we want to be delivered, where we want to have that need filled in our life, it can only be found in a relationship with God. It can only be found in a relationship with Him. That need that we have to be forgiven, that need that we have to have our sins wiped away, that need that we have to find something more than what is in this life can only be found in God. There's more to life than just the here and now. And I think it's something we all know deep down. And now on another day, uh, maybe just another day in his pleasure-seeking paradise, an old friend comes to visit Simba. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. In the jungle, the quiet jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. 
You're getting eaten. Where have you been? I thought you were dead. <laughs> you thought he was dead. I thought I was dead. I thought you were gonna eat me. <laughs> What fun! I'm so sorry. Before we move on, how do you two know each other? Timon, Pumbaa. I want you to meet my best friend, Nala. Best friend? Well, that hurts. Nala, you're gonna love it here. This place is amazing. It's everything you could ever want. Simba, we need to leave. Scar has taken over with the hyenas. You have to take your place as king. King? Simba? We kneel before you as loyal servants. <laughs> Pumbaa, relax. She's wrong. Lady, you've got your lions crossed. Nice. Seeing you again? You don't know what this will mean to everyone. What this means to me. You have to come home. Now this should be a wake-up call to Simba, that the way he's been living his life is, in fact, it's actually affected more people than he even thought possible. It should be a wake-up call for Simba, but the movie shows that he actually, he won't leave. Anybody ever gotten a wake-up call in life, but you just kept hitting the snooze button? Now, someone else from Simba's past shows up, and he surprises him because he actually tells him that his father is still alive, and he knows where to find him. Hey, you better hurry. Hold on, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming.
father is waiting. Do you see him? I don't see anything. Look closer. You see? He lives in you. Simba. Simba, you must take your place in the circle of life. I can't. You must remember who you are, the one true king. I'm sorry. I don't know how to be like you. As king, I was most proud of one thing, having you as my son. That was a long time ago. No, Simba. That is forever. Please, don't leave me again. I never left you. I never will. Remember who you are. Remember. So, I ask again, who are you? I am Simba, son of Mufasa. <laughs> I love that. He says, you see, he lives in you. Now, for... The believer, for the Christian, for the one who has put their hope and their faith in Jesus, who's truly given their life over to God. When we hear that God lives in us, it's so much more than just the memory, like the movie says. Because for the Christian, for the believer, it's more than just the memory. It's his reality that lives in us. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living in us. That we have in us Christ, in us the hope of glory. That It's not just his memory, it's, it's who he is that is literally dwelling and living inside of us. And it says over and over, his father says to him, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Now maybe... I don't claim to know everybody's story in here, but maybe you've had a bad experience with, with church or with Christians in the past where all they want to do is harp on your sin, harp on your past, just stand in judgment of you and remind you of how you're a sinner. But I want to remind everybody in here, like I was saying earlier, the reality is I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. The, the Pope is a sinner. Everybody on this planet is a sinner. We've all fallen short of God's glory. But the difference between the believer, the Christian, and the one who hasn't put their hope and faith in Jesus yet is that I've had a wake-up call. I've had a wake-up call at a time in my life where I, I stopped hitting the snooze button that God's Spirit was trying to wake me up. And I realized that the life that I was living, 
in sin, the life that I was living, just seeking to, to, to set up my own kingdom, to set up, to, to live for myself, the way that I was living, that's not who I really was. God had created me with a plan and a purpose from the beginning that the sinful lifestyle that I was living, that wasn't what God had created for me. I had a time in my life where I had to say, I'm going to turn from that. A time where I had to say, I would, I'm going to turn from the way that I've been living and I'm going to accept that I am a child of the one true God. Our hope in here this morning is that every single person that's in here this morning would be able to say, I am your name here and I am a child of God. Now, Simba gets up. He has his wake up moment. He turns, he turns away from the old uh, pleasure seeking, you know, maybe sinful life that he's been living and he embraces his, his purpose. He embraces his destiny and he gets up and he goes there and he has to take his place. But to do that, he has to get through his enemy, his uncle first. Simba, you wouldn't kill your only uncle? No, Scar. I'm not like you. Oh, Simba. You are truly noble. And I will make it up to you. Just tell me how I can prove myself. Tell me what you want me to do. Run. Run away, Scar. Run away and never return. Yes. Of course. As you wish. Your Majesty. You can't win, Scar! This is my kingdom! My destiny! can recall from the Bible, it talks about how we have the enemy of our souls, the devil, and the way it likens him, it says that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to devour somebody. And the reality is, for the Christian, for the one who doesn't believe in Jesus yet, the, the reality is that the enemy is there. And while that may be a daunting thing for the believer, for the one who has God in their life, who has the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living in them, our promise is that when we resist the devil, he will flee. When we take our stand against the enemy, he may growl, he may throw his punches, but in the end, it's the spirit of God that's living in us. When we stand up to the devil, the Bible promises us that he will flee. He will leave. Now, some of us are wondering maybe why the devil is keeps sticking around in some situation in our lives. Maybe the reality is we haven't resisted him. Maybe we haven't set up systems in our life. Maybe we haven't 
said, there's a line in the sand here that I will not cross, that you cannot get in. Maybe we haven't resisted the devil. Now, when we resist, he will flee. Now, in closing, I want to take a look at this last clip and see what it is, what it is that happens when Simba takes his place and his purpose in the circle of life. for every single one of us in here, you can also take your place in God's story for all of eternity. You can take your place. You can, you can leave the past behind and step into what God has had planned for you since before you were even born. You can step into the plans and the purposes that God has for you. You can have your sins forgiven. You can have the past not haunting you for the rest of your life. It can be wiped clean, the Bible says. You can truly be made new. You can have them wiped away and be made a new creation, the Bible says. You can discover the purpose that God has had for you. You can step into the life of influence that God has always had planned for you since before time began. And it's not by giving a special offering. It's not by checking off all the boxes it's not by being a certain demographic it's not it's not some mission that you have to accomplish the only way that you can be made new and have your sins forgiven the bible says you don't have to accomplish some sort of perfection the only thing that you have to change is your direction you have to say i'm going to forsake the old life and i'm going to start walking towards god the Bible, the word for repentant, really it means to turn. To turn from the old way, the old sinful life of only pleasing ourselves and turn towards God and His redemption and His forgiveness that He offers us through the blood of Jesus, through the sacrifice that we've been speaking about all morning. Now what I want to do this morning is, wherever you're at this morning, we're not going to do anything 
weird or, or different. We're not going to ask you to come up. We're not going to ask you to, to give an offering or anything like that. All I want to ask everybody to do this morning is wherever you're at sitting this morning, go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads this morning. And what I want to do is I want to give everybody in here an opportunity to change your direction. I want to give everybody in here this morning the chance to answer the wake-up call. To say, I'm, I'm going to stop hitting the snooze button. God's been speaking to, this, to me this morning about the way I've been living. And I want to answer the call. I want to turn towards Him. I want to step into all that He has for me. I need my sins washed clean. If that's you in here this morning, like I said, I'm not going to ask you to come up. I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to call you out or single you out. Every head is bowed in here. Every eye is closed. Nobody's looking around this morning. But if that's you this morning and, and you want your sins forgiven, you want to give your life to God and truly be made new, we just want to pray with you this morning. I'm going to ask you, if that's you this morning, wherever you're at, just raise your hand so I can see it and we can pray with you this morning. That's awesome. I see those hands. Anybody else? That's awesome. I see those four hands. Is there any? We're going to take our time this morning. That's amazing. Great job, everybody who raised your hands in here this morning. That's, that's four people and maybe more that if I miss somebody. But church, this morning, let's let's all pray this morning. I'm going to ask everybody in here this morning to pray and repeat these words after me. Really just, we're praying to help out the ones who raised their hands and let them know they're not alone this morning. I want to encourage you. It's not the words this morning that that save you. It's truly a repentant heart that's seeking after God, that's changing the direction and running towards Him. And so I'm going to ask you this morning to mean these words in your heart as we say them. But come on, church, let's pray and help the ones who raise their hands. Let's say, Dear God, I thank you for offering me new life. I thank you for the wake-up call you've given me this morning. And God, I pray this morning that you would make me new. I confess that I'm not perfect. I confess that I've sinned. But this morning I ask you to forgive me. To wipe me clean. To make me new. And God, I take hold of the new life that you offer me. In Jesus. And we pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Can everybody say a good amen this morning and put your hands together for what God has done this morning?